Welcome to another episode of the On The Clock NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Shannon, here with Damien and Eugene. How are you guys today? Oh, we all good. We all good, rich. Jim. <laughs> Jim's finally opened up in Philly, so I got something to do now. Oh, cool. Slowly but surely, we coming back. I feel rich, yeah. man. I feel like I know Pat Mahomes personally now. All right. You've been happy for the past two episodes. <laughs> Listen, man, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes is my guy. I'm so happy that he got his money. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm happy. They said we're getting well, getting closer to training camp in a couple weeks. You know, uh, so yeah. I'm optimistic. Well, let's, let's get the cash app. Let's get right into it <laughs> since you already started it off. I mean, goodness. Um, so, <laughs> so we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about a few things today, but let's start with um, our thoughts on Pat, Pat Mahomes and his deal. Um, before you guys give your opinion on his deal, I want you to say like a song that comes to mind when you first heard that he signed the deal. So, Damien, do you want to start? What song came to mind? Then, what were your thoughts about the deal that Pat signed? So. It kind of go, it kind of coincides. So, Pat Pat Mahomes signed the ten year extension worth five hundred and three mil, with four hundred seventy seven million dollars in guarantee mechanisms. Um, Believe the opt out guaranteed and all that stuff like that. Um, so the first, so when I see five zero, I think about fifty cent, and I get money. I get money, money I got. I get it. You know what I'm saying? 50 Cent, I Get Money is the first song that came to mind. Because um, that's exactly what Pat Mahomes just got. Money, money, money. And more money. What do you think, yeah. Eugene? Um, I may be dating myself and showing my age. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar oh, bill, bill, y'all. y'all. <laughs> Listen, man. He got (laughs) paid. He got broke. He he was broken off so well, so well. Well, I can let y'all both know that my song ain't nowhere near y'all song. (laughs) (laughs) I'm emotional. I'm Carl Thomas emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even, I'm not joking. Like, ever since I heard, like, because it immediately made me think about Lamar. And then you saw everybody's comments, and it's been debated for the past 24 hours. What Lamar going to get? Should he get it, not get it? I'm just not even ready for all of that. The reason why I'm not is because we just got away from Joe Flacco and his large contract. Mm-hmm. And, people, and people being upset about his contract and how he, he strapped our cap and we could, wasn't able to do certain things. I'm just not ready for that right now. So mm. I'm emotional. I'm emotional. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me ask you. So let me ask you, Shannon. So – Say Lamar takes y'all to a Super Bowl next mm-hmm. year. The year after, would you be, would you have a problem with giving him a five hundred million dollar five hundred million dollar contract? Jesus. Um. Because he gave no, you what you want. If he, if he wins the Super Bowl, he can get it, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm still think like even with Pat Mahomes, like you, like, like we were saying pre-show, mm-hmm. the Chiefs still got a good two to three year window. That they can still compete and win a championship, and before it really, really affects their cap. So if you can, if you win in, you know, two or three within a, a four year, like that's a that's enough. You don't care at that point. You know what comes after that. Right. My yeah. issue is I'm yeah I want the Super Bowl, but then I also want some success after that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm concerned. I'm I'm curious to know what's going to happen with the Chiefs once that money hit. But it's like you said in the pre-show, Damien. That's when it's going to come down to their scouts. 
Mm -hmm. Um, The conversation has always even been around whether people want to acknowledge it or not. It's been a conversation lately as to whether or not the Packers have done enough for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And Aaron Rodgers have made a lot of money. And you look at Ron Entertainment, you're like, where else y'all spending money? And who else is getting paid but Aaron Rodgers? So that's my fear with, you know, um, Lamar getting a deal similar to Pat Mahomes because I still want the team to be competitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, but, but... We all know that having a quarterback is the most important player on any team. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like that's why I'm like I'm on a, I'm on a fence with what we should do. But of course, if you want a Super Bowl, it's like Joe Flacco. You want a Super Bowl? Who wants how you, you you can get whatever you want? Yeah. But can, and we, like, can we can we want a playoff game first though? Like, that's, <laughs> like, I don't even, like somebody asked me today, like, what's my thought? I'm like, can we want a playoff? I don't even want to talk about paying Lamar until we have postseason success. Like. Do I think he'll get paid? Sure, I do. But I also know how our owner Steve Bashadi feels about um, having winning seasons and being in the postseason and winning too. And that was part of the reason why uh, Brian Billick was, I mean, um, yeah, Brian Billick was fired and why John Harbaugh was almost fired. Like, so, yeah, Lamar is exciting. He brought a lot, he brought up a lot of excitement back to the Ravens, something we've never had offensively anyway. But we still need some postseason success before I can even say, yeah, pay him X, Y, Z. I don't, I don't know. Right. I, I just can't say it right now. I think, so. I think the, I think the biggest thing when it comes down to Lamar Jackson, you, you know, will Lamar, like because this deal essentially is like a forty-five mil per type of deal per year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Will Lamar? Will the the conversation about who will surpass his contract? This type of contract is not going to be surpassed. I don't, no, you know what I'm saying? Not. Nobody's going to get a t- This is a baseball contract. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to get this and then get have the control and the power with because if the team with the guarantee mechanisms, if they do not uh, exercise or pick up his his options, you know, per year, what's going to happen is that's out for them. So they have to release him from per reports. So if this is an unheard of type of contract but the thing about Lamar Jackson I could see Lamar if he wins the Super Bowl getting 50 mil per per year for like four to five years because at the same time you got to understand what play caller you have Greg Roman uses Lamar technically like a glorified running back mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like well over yeah. 100 carries 1200 yards rushing if I'm not mistaken like I know people are like well he did he, he's, he wasn't taking big hits um, those same people time. were complaining. He took, compl- a, he took a few as the yeah. season went on. As the season went mm-hmm. on, those same people were complaining, saying, "Man, they need to put some rules in place because they're going for Lamar legs." And he was what taking you hits. Exactly. He, was taking, hit, he, he, he was taking hits to the legs. He was taking right. hits. And when you mm-hmm. outside of that, when you outside of that 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 QB box, and now you're a ball carrier, you get the same. Mm-hmm. You could take the same punishment a running mm-hmm. back and take. You want to. Yep. You want to be out there saucing and, and, and sauteing? Uh, yeah, you want to cook guys up? You could take mm-hmm. the same type of punishment. I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, Cam, they, they didn't protect Cam Newton. The Broncos were headhunting Cam Newton, those yeah. games that they played. And tried to take him out the game. The Falcons did it. His, uh, <clears throat> his uh, 2018, he ran up the middle. He slid the safety for some odd reason. Thought it was okay to still dive in with his head. And still make helmet to helmet contact to a quarterback yeah. that's sliding. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it happened, it happened day, with Michael Vick too. Yeah, it happened with Vick as well. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's going happen. to happen. 
Like, and that's so, part of the reason why I've never been a fan of like running quarterbacks. That's why I say the sports gods have played with me having LeBron James on the lake as my favorite team, and then I got a running, <laughs> a running quarterback for my favorite football team when I don't like I like mobile quarterbacks, not running. I think there's a exactly. difference. Yeah, oh, there yes. is. Um, there is. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I, I, but I do have another question before we move on to the next topic because I think that it's easy or the first thing everybody wants to think about when it comes to this contract is Lamar because him and Pat Mahomes kind of took similar paths um, in their career, you know, not starting their first season, coming in and then winning MVP the first full season they played. And then, you know, I think that's why um, Lamar is being thought of. But how do you guys think this is going to affect like Dak Prescott or um, Deshaun Watson? Like those two are still going to be up for contracts soon. So Eugene, what do you think? How do you think that's going to affect them? Um, I think it kind of helps because it gives uh, the agents and the teams a point of reference. They say, okay, Pat Mahomes got that. You are these notches below Pat Mahomes, so you should get this. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gives them a point of reference to where they can start negotiations at. And and it gives gives a ceiling, especially like in Dak's case where he can be like, I want this amount of money. And they can say, well, Pat Mahomes got this, so you're not getting that amount of money. So you're going to have to take this. So it gives a little bit more clarity on on the negoti- on the contract negotiations and how far these uh, how far the players can go in their demands. And what do you think, Damian? So, like, I think it helps. I think it helps Watson. I think it hurts Dak, and I'm going to tell you why I think it hurts Dak. And I'm thinking about doing a. Uh, I actually have a piece in mind an article in mind talking about Dak. And I'll kind of give you kind of a prelude to it. My, my, I know a lot of people are like, well, Dak Prescott, you know, he's already in contract negotiations and which they have, um, they have another week to work out a deal or they have to wait. They, you know, that window closes after the 15th and he has to play the 2020 season on that franchise tag. And they only can enter contract negotiations after the season. My thing with Dak Prescott is this. Dak Prescott is a good, solid QB. Mm-hmm. If I'm Jerry Jones and Jack, Dak Prescott, he walks, waltzes in there with his agent, and they talk about, you see what Mahomes has got paid? The first thing, if I'm Jerry, I'm like, well, you see his MVPs? You see his Super Bowl MVP? You see his Super Bowl you know, game last? He, he won. He won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What what Jerry Jones and, and I'm gonna give it to Jerry Jones. He was on his yacht. He was unbothered by everybody. He killed in, in the draft, right? We talked about that. Getting C.D. Yeah. Lamb and everything. He did what he had to do. Dak Prescott, and this is the whole point of my article. Betting on yourself. He's gonna bet on himself. Joe Flacco betted on himself and he cashed in. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We've, Cam Newton is betting on himself. Tom Brady is betting on themselves. We've seen players bet on themselves before. And I'm all for it. But the problem with Dak Prescott is this. If you waltz out there for 16 games in 2020 with Michael Gallup, with, with Amari Cooper, with a good offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott and C.D. Lamb, and you go 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs yet again. That's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to your, pay you Your then. price tag got to drop. So it's mm-hmm. like the pressure to me, because we've seen Deshaun Watson take some mediocre offenses to the playoffs. Uh, you yeah. flip, you flip Deshaun Watson and, and and Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, more mm. than once. I think they beat Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs with Deshaun Watson, with his abilities mm-hmm. and and his clutch gene and what he's able to do 
and having a good line. Look, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's been doing all that he's been doing with piss poor offensive line play. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it helps Deshaun because he could go right into Bill O'Brien and say, okay, you know firsthand what I've done for this offense and, and the pieces that I have not had to do what I have done for this offense. You, my best receiver now is a Cardinal. My next best receivers are fast guys who consistently deal with injuries. Mm-hmm. I don't have a reliable tight end, and my offensive line is young. Yes. So, if anything, if, I'm not taking the pay cut for you to add pieces because you haven't added them yet. Give me my yeah. money. He has that leverage. Dak Prescott has had some really good offenses and a defense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing with Deshaun. With Deshaun, like the offense is built around Deshaun being dynamic. He's mm-hmm. he's going to have to run the show. He's going to have to carry that offense. The Cowboys' offense—that's a well-oiled machine. You can put another game manager behind there, and they'll still put up some points. They'll do all right. They won't do as well as they would with Dak, but they they'll be okay because they have a whole lot of talent around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. You know. Something else you just said made me think about another question because I saw someone make a post today on social media and I couldn't comment to ask, like, what was the purpose of the, of the post? But I think what they were trying to imply was something about the Patriots and paying Cam Newton. And when you just said Cam is betting on himself. Now, the, the Panthers are still paying Cam money, right? Didn't we say, like, $16 million or something that, yeah, like I that? I think he's still making $16 uh-huh. million. All right. And then the Patriots are paying him what? Technically, it's like a $1.5 million base um, but if he gets hits all his incentives, it's going to shoot up to 7.5. All right. So you're going to get about at least, let's say, about 17, between 17 and maybe 23 million for this, this year between mm-hmm. the Panthers and the, and, the, and the Patriots. How can people in their minds still think that the Patriots are shortchanging him somehow? Like I'm not understanding that because the post was about the Patriots. The Patriots like reconstruct did something different with somebody's contract to make some room, and it was like a, the, their caption was like, um, "But the Patriots don't something about the." It was like an eye roll kind of emoji. So I know it was something sarcastic, and I'm like, I know this can't be about Cam. Like he's getting his money. Mm-hmm. So like let me, you let said, me, he's on me, himself. Uh, it's like let me, let me he's go getting paid. I mean, yeah, he's getting, he's getting paid, and the Patriots are paying market value. The thing right. is, the thing is. The market is different uh, from time to time. Had it been back in maybe uh, April or February when free agency first hit, right. then market value would have been ho- a whole lot higher. But now right. we're in July, mm-hmm. market value is different than what it is now. And plus, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's you know location, location, location. Maybe Cam wanted to go there and nowhere right. else. I mean, right. So it's, it's different. And, and I it's continue. Cool I've seen these posts, and like the main thing I saw Richard Sherman complaining about it and everything. I get, I get the, I get the gist. I get the concept completely. But let me, let me, let me throw a little bit of actual facts and not emotions. You know, people talk a little bit too much through emotions. We gotta look at the facts. The Patriots team cap space in 2020, nine hundred ninety-two thousand three hundred forty-one dollars. Yeah. Now, right. let, let me let me click the tab that says 2021. <laughs> um, team cap space projected for 2021, 90 million, 621,000. Wow. Who are y'all paying? Listen, I, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? How do you have 90 million? Oh, my gosh. Like, oh my it's, right now, because I know that we're paying Tom Brady almost 14 mil. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Still. And okay. we're also like Joe Thune is on the, the tag. The actual tag is almost that's 15 that's million. And wow. that's what he's getting paid. So that okay. right there is almost that's almost that's getting close to 30 mil. Not to right. mention the 18, almost 19 mil, 18.6 uh, million dollars that we're paying Stefan Gilmore. Oh, wow. The 12.4 okay. mil that we're paying Dante Hightower. Like, Actually, okay. When you break it down like that, okay. The nine, <laughs> almost 10 mil that we're paying Marcus Cannon to be Marcus Cannon at right time. Mm. Like, that's, that disturbs me. So <laughs> we got a lot of money tied up right now. And, you know, because Joe Thune, at the end of the day, if we extend him, that 14 mil, we, get, we save almost, a, almost $12 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I mean, that goes back to our cap. But again, it's all about them trying to work out the right deal. It, it, it's so many different things tied to it. So people got to go and do research and figure out mm-hmm. what's going on. It's not like we had the type of money that the Cincinnati Bengals had. And we just say, right. you know, Cam, you're going to take 7.5 mil with right. incentives. Yeah. No, that's right. not what, what the situation was. The Patriots really don't have money. And like you said, if Cam betting on himself, that, and y'all got that much money next year. If he does well, the page he he could get a deal like he could get a deal like um Kirk Cousins type of thing. Yeah. I mean, Cam is he's older, yeah. so he ain't getting no ten year deal. And that's why he could cash out. He could cash out. And like that's that. why I keep saying if he yeah. he play he balls out in twenty twenty. If the the only thing that was the only thing with Belichick, he may be a little you know pessimistic, little, little pessimistic. Like okay, you stay healthy for twenty six, you know for for sixteen games in twenty twenty. But before I give you that big deal, I'm going to franchise you for 30-plus mil. You're going to get your 30-plus mil fully guaranteed. If you do it again, then I can re-up you for maybe three, four years. And I have my quarterback for technically for five to six years. And then I draft a guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so he can still – like that's why Cam said it. it ain't about the money. Cam is disrespected. Like that's just is what yeah. it is. And, and I didn't realize I didn't realize how disrespected he was until we were trying to wait for him to sign to a team. Like, yeah. yeah. That made me even more. I was already a Cam fan and already liked him, but that makes me want to root for him even more. Like he didn't deserve that hate he was getting from people. Oh no, no, he he looking to shut some people up. I mean, he going to ball out. He going to get paid regardless. That's I think that's the least of his worry because he yeah. knows what he can do. So he's just he's just looking to shut some people up. Yeah. So um, next we'll go to the next topic, which is which quarterback is most likely to lose their job. Um, after 2020, or maybe even during the season. Um, so Eugene, who do you think? Did you want to name your quarterbacks that you have? Um, I got so first one is you know it's a layup. Uh, Fitz Magic, Fitz Tragic, Fitz whatever his name is. He's going to get benched whenever uh, whenever two is healthy. I mean, it doesn't matter how he's playing or whatever. That's they they drafted Tua for to be the guy, and as soon as he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. So that's the easy one. Um, the other one I would say is uh, in Chicago, um, Mitch Trubisky and uh, and uh, Nick Foles. They got a legit quarterback battle. So, well, I mean, they say it's a legit quarterback battle, but who knows with uh, no preseason and all of that, who knows how it's going to play out. But, I mean, going through the season, they're probably going to be evaluating whoever whoever they start, and they're going to have a short leash. Um, one thing, the uh, offensive coordinator for Chicago, uh, John Filippo, as well as I think the quarterbacks coach or the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator assistant or something like that, both uh, John Filippo and Bill Lazor, both of them have worked with Nick Foles uh, back in Philadelphia. So they know him. They know 
his strengths and weaknesses. They know how to use him in an offense. Um, but Mitch Trubisky, you know, they drafted him high. They want him to be their guy. So I'm sure he's going to get every chance to win that job. But he's going to have a short leash because they have a backup who they have a good idea. They know what he can do. And the thing, is, and thing about it is the situation that they're in. That uh, Chicago offensive line, they didn't play up to the – they played well in 2018, then took a step back last season. Mm-hmm. And they're usually most of their pressure, their their tackles on the outside. And on the interior, they're solid. Uh, they just signed Jermaine Orfetti to play – probably to play left guard. We'll see how that goes. But, like, their tackles on the ends, that's where they probably would have some problems at. So if you got trouble on the offensive line, your quarterback can't survive. So I was looking at that. I think quarterback is going to be an issue in Chicago. And the other one I'd say is uh, the Raiders with Derek Carr. I say that because um, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they, they, they liked uh, Marcus Mariota coming out. They liked him a lot. And they were very interested when Marcus Mariota hit the free agent market. They made him a priority. So – they, it's, it, I'm, I believe it's people in that Raiders front office that want to see what Marcus Mariota can do with these new weapons that they got uh, for uh, for Las Vegas. And you can see, when I look at the Raiders' schedule, you can see an instance where they might want to make a shift somewhere at midseason. I'm going to read off first uh, their, uh, their first games. Week one, they play Carolina. Week two, they play New Orleans. Week three, they play New England. Week four, they play Buffalo. Week five, they play Kansas City. Next after that, they have the bye. Then they play Tampa Bay. They could legit go like two and four or one and five to start off the season. So you see, they get a they get a, a bad record early on in the season. They might want to make a move, and you got a and you got a guy sitting behind your starter that the coaches are enamored with. So that's so it's an actual chance that uh, Derek Carr could be benched if he doesn't play up to if he doesn't play up to expectations as well. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think happened with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears? Though I mean, in twenty eighteen they won like what twelve games, and then in twenty nineteen it was like eight. Like, mm-hmm. do you do you think that it was mostly? Uh, can you put most of that on Mitch? Like, who do you what do you think was a fall off? I I put it on both Mitch and. Uh, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was mm-hmm. criticized heavily early in the season. You draft a very productive and uh, and, and and well-rounded prospect in, in um, Anthony uh, Miller. Anthony Miller, but the running back that they drafted last year. Oh, oh, what's his name? Um, jeez, oh, hold on. David Montgomery. That's what it was. Yeah. David Montgomery. Because I, I was re- I was really big on him coming out. You draft him, but then you don't give him the carries and the touches necessary. You got Tariq Cohen, a splash playmaker that you can move wherever, mm-hmm. make, create mismatches. Those two guys can share the backfield together. You can run some of those, the, the, the shovel passes and the triple option and different because Mitch is a mobile, big, strong kid. You could do a lot of different things, but hit that offense, man. Like Mitch only was, like for a while, Mitch was so enamored with just trying to because he only he you know he was he was kind of staggered and he looked for Allen Robinson all the time mm-hmm. the, the scheme the play calling and Mitch's inconsistency with accuracy and ball placement really messed that offense up because Anthony Miller could be a legitimate stud in this league 
But yeah. they struggled to get him the ball. And, and not only that, you got you drafted Riley Ridley out of Georgia last year. You got Javon Wims. You got twenty thousand tight ends. So it's like mm-hmm. the you know what I'm saying the 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 weapons are there and the play calling just doesn't work. And Mitch and Mitch Trubisky hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. So if I if you hear that a quarterback had about seventy percent um, completion pass with his passes right, completing seventy percent, would you think that was good? Um, I gotta see it. I gotta see what with, with, with the throw like his throwing. Wait, are they are, are they are they three yard dump off passes or are they fifteen yards down the field? I gotta okay. see which, what so kind that, of so that is. okay so that matters. And the reason I'm asking is because and y'all I've I've already said that I like Derek Carr. My opinion of Derek Carr has changed slightly because of something I heard about him that I didn't know. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. now I can't ride for you how I was riding for you before. But what do you when you look at the Raiders and the, the if you want to say the lack of success they've had, right? Mm-hmm. Do you do you put that all on Derek Carr? Like, because I was just looking at something that read it was like Derek Carr wasn't terrible in 2019, completing 74 70.4% of his passes um, with the 21 8 touchdown interception ratio. But the Raiders were seven and nine. So my thing is, do you like have you ever known another quarter a quarterback to to, to have that those be complete that many passes? You're not really the reason why your team is losing, but you might not be the reason why your team is winning. Have you ever seen them have to be on a hot seat like that? Like to bring in Mariota and you sign them to a two year deal, seventeen point six million, mm-hmm. that lets that lets you know that Derek Cause is on a hot seat. Yeah. But my, so my question is, do you really think he deserves to be on a hot seat, or do you think that, like we, like I said about Mitch, like you said, it could be Nagy, it could be Mitch. Like, is it more than just Derek Carr to, to blame with the Raiders? It's probably not all on Derek Carr. No. But you gotta you gotta think about um, it's that that's not John Gruden's guy. He can't, okay. he inherit, he inherited Derek Carr. So part of it is probably uh, I I want to say personal, but. Coaches want to bring in their, their guy guys, out of right. day that, that they want. So that's probably part of it. And probably, I mean, Derek Carr has made some mistakes. So he wasn't perfect there. But a lot of it is the coaches want to bring in their guy. And and John Gruden probably just thinks of it as, okay, this guy better consistently win. He better prove me wrong instead mm-hmm. of I'm rooting for this I'm guy. He right, better, right. Yeah, he better prove me wrong or else I'm going to Marcus Mariota. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I agree, sense. too. Um, you know, it, Derek Carr isn't his guy. But I was looking for – it was PFF. They they dropped uh, – and I, I remember posting it. I just can't remember where I did with it, where it is now. But they posted, like, the the lowest uh, – the four QBs with the lowest uh, yards per attempt on passes. Mm-hmm. Derek yeah. Carr was at, like, 5.4. So that kind of so it, so for everybody that I want everybody to understand, you can use per, completion percentage, but never as a true base to your argument for a QB because it's easy to inflate that. It's called manufactured touches. It's, it's stat pads, those quick screens, those quick uh, those, those little three four yard routes, um, mm-hmm. different things like that. The, the quick slants. If if your air yards are not over seven, eight yards, almost close to a first down, that's a problem to me. Like, if you're, you know, you're five, you know, you're less than six yards per attempt in air yards, that's terrible. Like, that's, 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 showing, that's showing me that you're, and the, and it's not like 
you have a bad they, they have a good offensive line in, yeah, in Las Vegas with the Raiders they mm-hmm. built a good offensive line with him in front of him so Derek Carr has to be better I've always I've always been critical of him of his, his ball placement his decision making at times like I went back I went back to watch some of the Michael Crabtree and, and, and Amari Cooper tandem games against different defenses over you know when they were in Oakland and there were there were just times where Derek Carr truly missed them just two steps in front of their guy and he's just off target completely and it is and for a guy with a strong arm it's his deep ball his deep ball is he's a guy and we I always talk about it with Lamar Jackson we talked about it with Cam Newton before and some of these other big arm quarterbacks you got to step into your throws mm-hmm. and Derek Carr has a bad habit of just standing there and just going all arm, all shoulder. Just relying on his arm. Lamar Jackson, all arm, all shoulder. The reason why Cam Newton is struggling with deep ball, same thing. Not stepping mm. into those throws. Footwork matters, guys. Like does, that's man. why you practice it. Footwork matters. And when you can step into it, all of your everything comes from your feet. Your feet are your base. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell yeah. you. Let, let that let that toe lead you where you want to throw to. When you're standing mm-hmm. in the pocket, you can't just be standing there. Like like Adonis the statue, and then just you know just all just move your arm. All, all, all all upper body. So like that's a problem. So it's not all Derek Carr. Like I said, listen, I've seen the the looks on John Gruden's face when Derek Carr does something. <laughs> John Gruden looks like that stepdad's like you know what? And when he's eighteen, he is out of here. Like, <laughs> he is out of here, yeah, he babe. It's no discussion. When he's eighteen, he's going to college and he's out. I'm not dealing he's with this anymore. Like, no, he's going to military school. He's, going, he's getting out of here. I don't care where he goes. Like he can go stay with a friend, but he's not living in this house anymore. I can't deal that's with funny. it. So I think that's the. I think that's kind of a big part of it. Is just there. Um, John Gruden wants his own QB. He wants yeah. his own QB. Well, I guess we'll see what Dirk Carr is made of this year because it's different when you know somebody on your back. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. You know somebody right there. There's a little bit more pressure. Um, yeah, but Damian, it's here, Right. Who are your three quarterbacks, Damien, that you think might lose their job and or after 2020? So I, I, one thing I'm, I looked at uh, for me is more so after the, the season based on how the season goes. I'm looking at Phillip Rivers, and I know a lot of people are like, man, he's reconnected with Frank Wright. They, they drafted Jonathan Taylor. They, you know, they have a, a, a great offensive line. The defense is coming. But at the same time, let me throw some staggering numbers to you. Now, don't get me wrong. 113 touchdowns in four years is great. But it's not great when I hear when I look and see sixty three interceptions in four seasons. Mm-hmm. You know that I don't. You know, and not just that, but two seasons with twenty or more interceptions. Twenty nineteen, he threw twenty even. In twenty sixteen, he threw twenty one. And yeah, in, in between that, he only threw twenty two between the two seasons of seventeen and eighteen. But the fact of the matter is, still yet sixty three interceptions in four years, mm. like. We we kill people kill Jameis for thirty in one season. Yeah, you know what I'm saying for so for sixty over a half, you know sixty, you know mm-hmm. sixty three in four years is is, is bothersome to me. Philip Rivers, again, decision making. His arm is getting weaker. He's making mm-hmm. some, he's been making poor decisions with the ball. Um, yep. Yeah, and the thing that's that's my main thing is just looking at this season. People expect the the Colts to possibly be one of those last. Playoff teams, and then, then I mean, looking at the division, people think that they should win the division because Deshaun Watson doesn't have help anymore, and Tannehill got paid, and and Derrick Henry didn't. <laughs> you know what huh. I'm saying? And yeah. people, and I mean, the Jaguars have Gardner Minshew, and 
We don't know what a full season of that will look like. So, mm-hmm. and then they're trying to get rid of Leonard Fournette, who, to be honest, helped free up guard dimension. But that's a topic for a whole different day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, like, the, the AFC South is kind of in flux, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. for you to be one of the favorites, let's say the Colts don't make the playoffs. Like, they drafted Jacob Eason for a reason. Frank yeah. Wright is a great offensive mind and great with QBs. Mm-hmm. I am letting Philip Rivers walk. I could see Philip Rivers losing his job and them saying, you know what? We're going to go with the young kid. We drafted you in the third, fourth round or um, in the middle of the draft for a reason. You get, yeah. to, you get to Mahomes him. You get to, to Lamar Jackson him. You get to, to do what a lot of teams wish they could do with their rookie quarterback and just let him sit behind the mm-hmm. veteran. If Philip Rivers goes out there and he throws for nearly 20 interceptions year yet again, pushing his total to darn near 80 in five years, I truly believe that he's – I think that's that. Think that's it for him. I think that's it for him in Indy because I, I think they only signed him for, for like a one-year deal. Yeah, uh, plus he's like what, 37, 38 or something like that now? Uh, 38. Like how much yeah, he be, he'll be 39 in December. December 8th, he'll be yeah. 39. So how much does so, he have left? Yeah, exactly. You can't really expect – him to hold on to the fort this whole entire time. Um, and the other quarterback I, I, I wanted to talk about was Teddy Bridgewater. I know everybody was really happy about Teddy. I was happy Teddy got paid. I was happy that Teddy um, you know, is going to be a starting quarterback because he played well. He, he played yeah, he well did. for um, he played well for the uh, for the Saints while Drew Brees was out. You know, mm-hmm. he, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, 67.9 completion percentage, 99.1 GPR. Like, he, 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 yeah, he won games. He was, wasn't he like undefeated or did they lose a game? I can't remember. No, I think he was undefeated. He was undefeated. He was undefeated. That's a big stat right there. Exactly. He, you know, they, they, and the Panthers signed him to a three year deal for $63 million. Um, I really believe that they could have kept that money and just kept Cam, but nonetheless, that's what I say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, I'm taking the guy that has the bigger upside, but nonetheless, like I said, he went five and zero and he played very well. But the thing about it for me is when I'm looking at this, that, that contract, and I'm about to pull up the details of it. I thought I had it pulled up, but I didn't. Um, the, the details of that contract, if I'm not mistaken, was let's see. So. He gets th- out of the sixty-three mil. He gets thirty-three mil guaranteed, right? And if I'm not mistaken, I believe twenty mil of that is like in the first year, first year and a half, first year or two. Okay, yeah. it's front loaded. It's front loaded. Mm-hmm. It's all get out. That's um, why he was saying that after a like, year, he probably could get out of it. If they exactly. They can like they legit. So if they if they cut him, like after this season, right? They, you make it through twenty twenty. They will have him on the books for a fifteen million dollar cap hit for next year, right? That's you know that's if they cut him post June. But if they now the difference is if somebody if they were able to trade him off, they would save eighteen million dollars next year in twenty twenty one and only have a five million dollar cap hit post June one. Um, so there's ways to get out of that deal, which makes me leading me to believe if this team doesn't perform well. And say they like it's different. If they find themselves at twenty or eighteen, and all the top quarterbacks are gone. He's good for another season, right? Because then you got Sam Howell coming out. You have some other guys coming out in twenty. What that'll be twenty twenty two. So yeah. you have some other quarterbacks coming out, right? But the thing about it is, for me, is like if they end up, you know, it's all depending on their success. They land themselves in the top ten. They got the ammo if they want to to move up. 
Yeah. For one of these top QBs, and you telling me that Matt Rule, as a second year head coach, said I'm gonna stick with Teddy, and I'm gonna bypass on Trevor Lawrence, on Trey Lance, on Justin Fields, possible Jamie Newman. I'm gonna bypass on these guys, and I'm gonna just stick with Teddy. No, he's going to he's gonna want his quarterback that he can groom. Now the well, other yep. exactly the other elephant in the room or the cat other other part of this is PJ Walker. P.J. Walker was the QB at Temple. I lose, bro. Go there. <laughs> P.J. Walker was the QB at Temple. And I'm telling you, you, I'm saying this right now. We get to week eight. If Teddy Bridgewater is not having a good season, what is stopping Matt Rule from saying, okay, I signed P.J. Walker for a two-year deal. I know him. He knows my scheme. He knows my my tendencies. He knows my concepts. Mm-hmm. He knows oh, he's gonna, he can pick this up with no problem. Now, don't get me wrong. They, they are talking about, the, because Teddy Bridgewater is the, is the QB, they're trying to tailor more of the New Orleans Saints concepts in with Joe Brady. But still, at yeah. the same time, P.J. Walker can run that too. So if it's week eight and they are, dare I say, two and six, what's stopping Matt Rule say, okay, I'm going with a change of scenery here. I'm going with a change of energy. I'm putting in P.J. Walker. Teddy Bridgewater, while he got paid, to me, he's on thin ice. Because this talent in the quarterback room or the quarterback drafts that are coming in the next year or two mm-hmm. truly is too great to sit there to pass, to pass up for a solid to mediocre quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, first you mentioned Philip Rivers. I never understood why the coach signed him. Like I really didn't understand that signing because to me last year he just looked like he was done. Like, I mean, you can look at Eli, you know, the, the time was coming. The time was coming for Big Ben, whether he won to admit it, admit it or not. And the time is there for Phillip Rivers. I really didn't understand why they signed him when they had just signed uh, Jacoby Brissett to, what, like a two-year deal? Yeah. And everybody thought that was so smart of them to do that. So it was like, why'd you get Phillip Rivers? You could have got Cam. I, I would have got Cam, yeah. if anything, over some Phillip Rivers. Um, so I can definitely see him being benched. Um, but something I asked you both uh, – pre-show that I want to ask now just in case anybody listening and wonders why you didn't mention him. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you know, why wasn't he listed um, on your list of guys that might lose their job this year or after the 2020 season? Um, I would say that's basic. For me, it's based on uh, faith in Justin Herbert. I think he needs probably like a year uh, of grooming. And I don't know if um, he would be ready say, like, after, you know, four or five games or six games, I don't know if he would be ready to take over the uh, take over that offense because, you know, I, I think he come he, – he was the least – of the top quarterbacks, he was the least ready to play out of, you know, out of uh, Tua and out of uh, Joe Burrow and all of that. I think he was the least ready to play, so I think he's going to need a little bit more coaching um, and a little bit more grooming. So I think they probably would stick with Tyrod a little bit. because And I'll say Tyrod is – with him, you 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 know what you're getting. He's he's nothing spectacular. He's just a steady quarterback. He's got some mobility to him, but he's not going to wow you with anything. But he's not gonna he's not gonna hurt you too bad uh, and cost you games anyway. Mm-hmm. But mainly, the decision just to leave that out was based on Justin Herbert and him needing time. But I watch you, Damian. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the reason why I didn't bring him up because I don't know if. They go into training camp. I don't know if he'll be able to hold Justin Herbert off. 
Um, the only reason, to be to, to be completely honest, the only reason I think he held off Baker Mayfield was because of Hugh Jackson. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson was, you know, in love with with Tyrod and everything like that. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see him being able if they if they truly go, you know, just you know, snap for snap. I can see them saying, "Hey, the the higher upside." Is with is, is with the better athlete. They can they they can run because you think about it. T, what, what is his nickname? T Mobile. He can run. He can move. Well, so can Justin Herbert. <laughs> Justin mm-hmm. Herbert can move too with a cannon of an arm. Um, you know, and the main thing is they're going to run the ball, play action, and that's what Justin Herbert truly. If you look at his film, that's when he performs better. Is off the yeah. play action. Where he can you know gives buys him more time in the pocket. He can set his feet and he can make a good decision rather than. Um, just kind of just, you know, herky-jerky, just everything's going chaotic around them. That's not what you want. Um, you know, but at the same time, I, I would like for him to sit, but I just don't know if we're going to get that opportunity to see him sit for eight, six to eight to ten, you know, ten mm-hmm. amount of games. Um, I don't know if, if uh, Tyrod, because Ty, Tyrod really isn't an accurate quarterback, really. Um, he's he's a – he will – he will check down, um, which is good. But at some point, you got to push the ball downfield. That's not he his thing. Safe. He, he plays it safe a lot. Yeah, he plays it safe, and he 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 tries not to. You know, that's why I always that's why I hate to look at stats. So, oh, he doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over. Well, he doesn't put it in positions. He doesn't push right. the ball. He checks right. down. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't push the envelope. So that's kind of why I left him off. But right. I will say the one uh, to just throw. You mentioned his name just a minute ago. Big Ben. Big Ben gets hurt again, it's over. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. Yeah, I left Big Ben off of there because, like, who are they putting behind him? Uh, oh, no, no. I just – nobody. I, I only mentioned Big Ben because I was right, – I, <laughs> I only mentioned him because of his draft plays. I'm like, Eli's uh, done. Yeah. Is done. Big Ben, you about to be done. Like, if I'm Big Ben saying, gets hurt early again, again and they – and they, I don't, I don't believe – because you look at the quarterback room, I think they still have Duck and Rudolph. They still have two yeah. animals. So, um, good luck right, to that. You know, right, exactly. This isn't Christmas time, so I don't need a Rudolph. But at the same time, um, <clears throat> you have those two, you know, two guys in your lock in your quarterback room. I mean, dare I say you bring in Kaepernick or somebody because you're gonna if you want to make a push, if you want to go, chill, still try to make the playoffs. I don't mm-hmm. think they pull. I don't think they do what they did last year. I think they tank. And say, you know what? <laughs> this mm. is the perfect opportunity to. Yeah. Because if Big Ben goes down week three, oh yeah, go ahead, duck. Do your thing. Throw all the ducks you want. It's mm-hmm. it's hunting season, baby. Throw them bad boys out there. Let them get shot down. Let them. You know, you you go out there and you throw thirty interceptions. I don't care what you do because I mm-hmm. want Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance, dare I say, or Justin Fields. Yeah. Like so that's yeah. They would be. They would be, they would be a fool to not. If, if if the chips felt how they felt last year, whether it could be you have a, a, a slow start or Big Ben gets injured again, you better yeah. not go trade no dang on draft picks trying to still compete for that year because, no. like you said, there's so many yeah, quarterbacks no. coming. You got to get ready for the future. You, yeah, yeah, you, you get Big Ben off your cap space and you go yeah. ahead and bring in one of these rookies, man. Yeah, you have to. Um, but because of Damian, we're talking about the AFC South today instead, <laughs> of, the, instead of the AFC East because he got so excited. So we're gonna finish. Can. We're gonna finish. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna finish out with the uh, each division and the draft picks. So we're doing the AFC South as usual. We do best pick, most surprising pick, and biggest sleeper. 
So, Damian, who do you think is the best pick in the AFC South? Best pick in the AFC South. The AFC South, their teams did a, did a pretty good job, pretty decent job in the draft. I, I really like what Jacksonville did, but I think I am going to flip over to the team we talked about just a moment ago, the Indianapolis Colts. You get one of the most talented running backs in college football mm-hmm. behind your beast of an offensive line. Yeah. But you know what? It, I'm not going just. I'm not going to go Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to pick. <laughs> above, I'm going to pick above him. I'm going Michael Pittman. Pittman. Oh. Listen, Michael Pittman was the best pick in this draft because he gives Philip Rivers that Michael Williams type of body type, that type mm-hmm. of player. That that ex, ex, you know go go gadget arms that extendo body that's what he gives him you know because they one thing about they, you have Paris Campbell but he you know he was hurt a lot last year but he's yeah. dynamic with the ball in his hands T Y Hilton is still one of the better receivers in the fo- in, in football mm-hmm. a top ten to twelve receiver arguably yeah. but he's also getting a little long in the tooth um, so adding that because I guess we we talked about it last week. Just you want to build a basketball team type of receiving core. They didn't have a big body guy in, the, in that receiving core in that receiving room that was that had the you know the next level talent. Michael Pittman could be a legitimate position receiver for them, and a guy that's going to kill the back the back shoulder fades. That's going to go up and fight for those 50-50 balls and come down with it. He's a physical specimen, strong, uh, long arms. Uh, kind of sneaky speed. He's not he's not a four 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 three guy, but if you let him stack you and get past you, he will win on the deep route. So I think it's I think he was the best pick because he can have day one impact immediately. I know Jonathan Taylor can too, but but at the same time they also have Marlon Mack who's going to eat into that into his carries, and I don't think he's going to start over Marlon Mack either. But I could see Michael Pittman starting from day one. The opening opening weekend, I can see him starting at the X um, or the Y. Just depends on however they want to use him. And what do you think, Eugene? Best pick in the AFC South? Yeah, I thought about going to CJ Henderson with Jacksonville, but um, but I am I'm gonna go uh, to the Colts with Jonathan Taylor because I think that's a match made in heaven. Um, that that offensive line with I mean Quentin Nelson is all world at at the guard position. And the way they move people out of the way and create space for their running backs, Jonathan Taylor is a straight north and south runner and with with speed and power. So he's gonna he's gonna get a ton of yardage and more so than the yards, he's gonna create a threat in that offense that's gonna make it so hard for uh that it's gonna make it so hard for the safeties. Because now you got speed with T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, so you've got to play back to cover the speed. Now you can't put eight in the box to stop the running game. And then with that offensive line and a power back with speed coming straight at you and you only got seven in the box, that's going to be a real trouble for, for the defense. So I think he's going to have uh, an instant impact on that, on that offense. And he's going to, he's going to uh, take some carries away from Marlon Mack. But – in tandem, as a unit, they're going to be a very dynamic group. Mm. And who do you think is the most surprising pick, Eugene, in the AFC South? Um, I would say, I would actually say uh, the same. I'm going to stay with the Colts at 34, Michael Pittman, only because, not because it's, it's Pittman is a bad player, but I thought they would go quarterback uh, sooner 
than what they did. Um, because they got Michael Pittman at 34. They got a guy, I mean, you know, who knows, maybe like Jalen Hurts. Maybe they could have took Jalen Hurts. So some other team wouldn't be tempted to take him. They could have went and uh, took Jalen Hurts there. But I just thought that they would go quarterback um, earlier, way earlier than what they did. They wound up going quarterback in the fourth round with Jacob Eason. But I thought they would go quarterback way earlier than what they did. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, Damian, most surprising pick of the AFC South? Um, I'm going to go to the Tennessee Titans in the first round, Isaiah Wilson. I just, I understood, I understand that they let Jack Conklin walk, um, and, and, you know, they needed to, you know, sure up the right side of that offensive line. Uh, they did have Dennis Kelly who they could have played, but that kind of shows the, I guess the comfortability and the Mm -hmm. confidence they have in him, uh, lack thereof rather. But when I, when I look at it, I, I felt like they could have gotten, Isaiah Wilson in the second round, possibly the third. Um, and it was just so, it was still some talented guys that could have impacted their team um, more to me. And uh, Isaiah Wilson, while he's a, he's a big, physical, strong prospect, I didn't have a first round grade on him. Um, you know, I had a you know, mid to late day two grade on him. Uh, I, I don't know. <sighs> In the passing game, I think, is where he, he fits what they want to do in the run game. Physical. Mm-hmm. You know, just a massive human being. And, and, and he, you know, he can move. He, and he's, he's nimble for his, for his size. I will give Good him that, size, too. Yeah. Uh, light feet. Um, but at the same time, you're going to go up against edge rushers that's going to test his feet. It's going to test that weight. It's going to test everything that he has. And I don't know if he's ready for that, you know, you know right now especially to start the season. So I would have I, I think this would have been a good value, a better value in the second second round, especially the second round. But in the first round, I think it was it was it surprised me. I mean, I, I when I say surprised me is like I didn't think he was going to I didn't think he should have went first round. All the talks was he was going first round. So I wasn't surprised now it's like this is a surprising pick cuz they didn't I wouldn't have taken him here. Yeah, he got first round buzz late. Late. I thought he was like more like a second round pick. Yeah, real late but, too. Yeah. Mm. And Damian, who do you think will be the biggest sleeper in the AFC South? Biggest sleeper pick in the AFC South. Oh, Jacksonville. Let me talk to you. Um, health is key. Lavisca should know. Mm-hmm. You know they have DJ Chark. Do 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 do. They have DJ Chark. Um. You know, <laughs> you got Leonard Fournette. Um, I didn't want to laugh at that. I should not have laughed. I said I was not going to laugh at that. Um, I'm sorry. It just it, it was in my mind. Um, so you got Leonard Fournette. You got DJ Chark, but Lavisca should know. Just kind of adds that he add, he he also is a three level receiver, but he adds that instant in ball in hand playmaker. You could you know, and that helps. Um, that will help Gardner Minshew. Those quick slants, those drag routes, those crossers, the you know the screen plays. You can line Lavisca up any and everywhere, and and find a mismatch with him. I think he's a he's a sleeper because he well he could truly help that offense. 
teams know, everybody knows now that the number one receiver in Jacksonville is DJ Chark, and he is a he's a baller. He can go out there and he can he can win against one-on-one coverage. He can win over the top. He's got legitimate speed, and he can catch the ball above his. He can do what you need as a number one. But who's the guy that's going to step up in his at you know behind him rather? And I think that's Lavisca Chenault, man. I really think Lavisca Chenault comes in healthy, um, and, and you know kind of trim down his weight, and he comes in ready to rock and roll. I don't see any reason why they would not. Do get him those manufactured touches, those quick passes, those quick little screens, different things like that to get him the ball. Just get him the ball in space and allow him to go because he is going to be a to me, he's going to be a premier rack guy, run after catch, yards after contact type of guy because he has that type of skill set as well as physicality. So I think it's LaVisca Chenault. And what do you think, Eugene? Biggest sleeper pick in the AFC South? Um, I'm gonna stick with the Jaguars. I'm gonna say receiver, but I'm gonna go Colin Johnson. Uh, receiver. He's I mean, he's one of the I think he's the biggest receiver on their roster. He's six six, two twenty. Um, he's not a speed guy, but he he brings uh he brings the, the physical dynamic, the jump ball dynamic to that offense. So you got uh, DJ Chark who can run, you got D.D. Westbrook, who can run. You got LaVisca Chanel, who can run and can manufacture plays for him. But you don't have that guy where you can just throw the ball up and get that 50-50 ball, um, that fade route guy, that back shoulder guy. Colin Johnson can be that. It's gonna, it'll probably take him a while because he needs to get a little bit stronger and a little bit more physical. But he has the size and he has the, uh, the, the catch radius to bring that aspect to their team. So I think sooner rather than later, he's going to make an impact on that team. So we'll move on to each team um, individually and talk about their draft picks. I'm just looking at the AFC South and their um, records last year, and they were pretty marginal as a division as a whole. I mean, the Texans only won 10 games. The Titans won nine. The Colts won seven. The Jaguars won six. So I don't really even know what to make of them as a whole, as a whole right now. Um, but the Jaguars, um, Eugene, what did you think about the Jaguars and their picks? Um, they they did uh, they did the first three pick they really they really did well with. Um, you got C.J. Henderson who just get instant starter at the cornerback position. Um, he's one of the most athletic cornerbacks in that in that entire uh, in that entire draft. Um, then you got uh, Kalevon Chason. Um, that can be he can be you know a situational pass rusher uh, immediately going forward. They might be looking at him as. Uh, the replacement for Ngakwe because you know he don't want to play for them anymore. And then you got Lavisca. Um, considering Levi- if Lavisca is healthy, he can be that Debo Samuel type of player um, where they can just get him on the bubble screens or maybe even line up line him up in the backfield. Um, they can manufacture touches for him. So you got three at the you know two. You get three uh, players, you're going to get immediate uh, return on your investment. And then they just added depth on the defensive line with Devon Hamilton in the third round, more depth on the offensive line with Ben Barch in the fourth. Uh, one guy I like, he's, a, he's strictly a nickel corner. Uh, they got him in the fourth round, Josiah Scott. He played nickel, and he played a little bit of outside at Michigan State, but he's a, he's a short guy, but he's very physical. He gets his hand on people, and he can run a little bit. So he's going to challenge for that slot position. And then you got uh, depth at the linebacker position with uh, Shaq Quarterman, mainly uh, a two-down linebacker. 
Uh, he's going to pretty much uh, patrol the A gap and, st- and stuff to run. And you got depth at the safety. I told you about Colin Johnson already. But uh, they got a lot of draft picks, and, and they they're going to hit on the first three, and they pretty much just solidified depth throughout the rest of the draft. So they did they did a decent job. And what do you think about the Jaguars in their draft, Damian? I think they did, like 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 Eugene said. I echo the same sentiments. They did a solid job. You know, I love their first. The first three picks is, is truly uh, what I really like. You know, getting C.J. Henderson to replace not only A.J. Bouye, but Jalen Ramsey. Um, Caleb Lamont Chason is going to, you know, eventually replace Jonathan Gakwe. And then, like I said, adding LaVisca Chenault, that do-it-all type of uh, type of receiver slash H-back, whatever you want to use him as. Um, you know, and then getting Ben Barch, I think, in the fourth round was a, was a good pickup, uh, a... a um, under the radar guy until the spot the senior bowl is where his name really uh, picked up steam in the senior bowl. And he, and he looked good. He looked good out there in practices against bigger, you know, power five school prospects. He looked good holding his own. And I, and I like what I saw from him. I think they did, you know, overall they did a good job. Um, you know, this season is going to really hinge on um, Gardner Minshew for sure, but they did a good job. I, I like Shaq, uh, Shaquille Quarterman. Because they're, they're still trying to – I don't think we know that Tevin, Telvin Smith is probably never playing football ever again. So um, they're still trying to fill that void and add as much talent and depth in the linebacker room. And Shaquille Quarterman can be a leader. He, he can be a thumper downhill. And, and he can make plays on the football. So I like, I like what they did. So, you know, they did a solid job, solid job. All right, and Damian, what did you think about the Colts and their draft picks? Mm, the Colts. Talked about Michael Pittman early. Loved the pick there. Love, you know, as a Marlon Mack fan, I hated this pick. But understanding football and, and understanding that everyone isn't going to run the Le'Veon Bell scheme of just having one running back, like that's kind of that's to me that those days are going to be over unless you have that true legit guy like Saquon Barkley. Over already. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's over already. Like I said, unless you have the Chris McCaffrey, the Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's. You're not going to have just one back with 400 touches anymore. Um, no. So Jonathan Taylor was a great pick for them. The un- uh, underrated pick was Julian Blackman. I had him more towards the fifth round, but that was a good pick for them. He, he converted to corner, I think, that's playing safety. That you can deploy <clears throat> and bring him down into the nickel, into the dime, and use him. Um, in, in man-to-man coverage, try to match him up against those tight ends and some slot receivers. Jacob Eason, as I talked about, talked about earlier, he is someone to watch uh, how this season progresses. If Phillip Rivers is out there stinking it up, if Phillip Rivers is out there throwing INTs and throwing balls into the crowd and everything else, which there will not be a crowd. There will just be seats. So if he's thrown hmm. into this first row of nobody, like that's a problem. Um, and we can see Jacob Eason getting warm, warmed up. By a game, by the, by the probably twelfth game of the season, but oh, Jacob Eason is, um, you know, I, I liked him. You know, a uh, big arm can make all the throws, but again, sitting, learning, refining, getting better. Um, you know, they, they, you know, I think that's a that's a big part of of it as well. And then they got Desmond Patman, um, an underrated prospect in the sixth round. Uh, I, I like what he brings to the offense as well. Potentially brings to the offense. You know, if he makes the team through training camp. So they, they did a solid job as well. Their draft is more top-heavy, if anything. And what did you think, Eugene, about the Colts and their draft? 
Um, I like what they're doing, um, mainly because I see the plan mm-hmm. and uh, what they want to do, especially on offense. Um, on offense, they are basically uh, recreating the 2017 Eagles offense. That's what Frank, Frank Reich is doing. That's why they drafted uh, Michael Pittman in the in the second round. He's going to be there, Alshon Jeffrey, with the way that they built that offense in 2017 is the Eagles wanted speed on one side. They wanted a uh, possession receiver on the other side. And they wanted a uh, Y receiver that was a vertical threat. So they wanted a vertical slot receiver. So, and you see that here with the, uh, with the Colts. They got T.Y. on one side. He's going to bring the speed element. And you got Michael Pittman on the other side. He's going to be your typical X receiver that's going to uh, take the press coverage and be the uh, – the contested catch guy, then they're probably their hopes is probably going to make make Paris Campbell like their vertical slot receiver, uh, where they can you know keep him in the slot and send him deep on some routes. And then you got your you got an excellent offensive line and you got a two two running back system. That's basically what the Eagles did in 2017. So this this I mean this is exactly what Frank Wright Frank Wright run once, and um and he doubled down on the on the possession receiver so just in case or God forbid. Uh, injury happens to Michael Pittman or anything like that. Desmond Patman, Patman is the same type of uh, possession receiver that Michael Pittman is. Not to not the same talent level, but the same type. And he's a very good contested catch guy. Um, I think they got a steal in Julian Blackman. Uh, he's pretty much uh, he former cornerback. He uh, shifted to safety. I think he played at Utah safety. I think one year or two years. But he's got experience uh, playing the deep middle of the field. Um, he's recovering from injury, so I don't know exactly how much he's going to give you year one. But going forward, they may move on from Malik Hooker, and they could uh, put Julian Blackman right uh, and play the deep middle of the field. Um, I told you about Jonathan Taylor already. He's going to he's going to be a beast at running back. You got your developmental quarterback in Jacob Eason. He's going to sit behind Philip Rivers there, and he's a similar uh, player to uh, Philip Rivers, being as though not very mobile. Mobility is not going to be their game. They're going to be pocket passes. So Jacob Eason got a lot to got a lot to look at uh, from Philip Philip Rivers, and he can learn from him. Um, and then uh, one Robert Windsor in the sec, in the sixth round, he's just going to be a solid, try hard, tough guy. I think he's he's going to make that team, even though he's a sixth rounder. Uh, I think he's going to make that team because he's just he's just one of those guys that coaches love to have on their team. One of those grinders that's always going to give you uh, maximum effort. So he's gonna put and he's gonna push a lot of guys in front of him. Um, other than that, they just uh, they added depth uh, at the linebacker position and on the offensive line. Uh, Danny Pinter out of Ball State in the fifth round. That was a good pickup. So I mean, the first uh, again of the first two they hit on, um, and they got and they got something for the future with Easton and and Blackman. So they did a solid job. I don't think um, they're pretty much they're only going to get uh, contributions from the first two picks, I believe. But they got they got uh, some some good picks for down the line. Now neither one of y'all sound like y'all are, are huge fans of Philip Rivers, right? Hmm. Now, Damien, I think I saw you. But I, I made this I made a post because I saw it in my timeline one day when a guy said, um, he said Aaron Rodgers was nothing but Philip Rivers with a Super Bowl. I think that's what the thing said. Uh. And a lot of people, I think Damien, I think you was on them posts agreeing that. Philip Rivers, well, Aaron Rodgers is nothing but Philip Rivers with a Super Bowl. <laughs> but, but 
I don't never hear y'all talk about talk about um, Aaron Rodgers that negatively when it comes to his play on the field. You might talk about his attitude or him being cocky and all of that. But we, I've listened to y'all this whole time just talk about, and I'm, I agree with you about about uh, Philip Rivers. But where does he compare with Aaron Rodgers? And I was so disrespectful, and I really believe he was on. I really, I really believe he was on that post saying that. Uh, I probably like was. About, you did not talk like that about um, Aaron Rodgers when it came. You talked about his attitude and cockiness and all of that. But don't disrespect my man like that. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I just had to bring that up. I'm I, like, if I remember y'all, correctly. Y'all, y'all, y'all dog and Philip Rivers. If I remember my man correctly. Like I, I think I, if I remember correctly, my intentions was to do that to get on your nerves. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did that to get up here. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, I don't mind Philip Rivers that much, but it's like a lot of his, a lot of his uh, accolades and a lot of his numbers seem a little bit hollow. Because, I mean, how much has he really done? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's put up, he's put up, he's, he's been a, he's been a solid quarterback. He, he's put up numbers. He's been a stalwart at the position for them, but they haven't done a whole lot. And yeah. that, that's not all his fault, but well, they've, they've had number one offense, number one defense, then do nothing with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's not all his fault, but he is just not, it's not a lot. I mean, it's not, and the way they played it, the way they played the game, I think, you know, I think they're night and day. I'm not as far as just like stylistically and all that. I don't. I don't think that uh, Philip River, Philip Rivers is anywhere close to the uh, has the the mobility that that uh, Aaron Rodgers has. Um, but it's just it's something. Something about Philip Rivers seems a little bit hollow to me because it's just it's not not enough substance, not enough really truly big games from him. Mm-hmm. That's that. I, that's why I, I put uh, Philip Rivers down a notch. Just don't be disrespectful, Damian. Don't. <laughs> um, so, Eugene, what did you think about the Titans in their draft? Um, typical Titans draft. They uh, they got um. That's that's the thing with uh, with their first pick. It was just um. I looked at that and I was like, yeah, that's a typical Titans. Because I think I believe the Titans are like a throwback team. They just want to punch you in the mouth. Um, they're gonna they're gonna run hard at you. And and they're going to win the line of scrimmage, and that's why I look at uh, Isaiah Wilson. Dennis Kelly is kind of the same thing. He's um, you know, he's nothing. He's nothing special, but he's a he's a huge tackle. He's he can uh, he's a powerful guy, but he's not very athletic. You're not going to ask him to block in space a whole lot. Um, Isaiah Wilson is a huge guy as well. He's a little bit more athletic, so that's why they they probably uh, grabbed him. And they're, they're probably looking for him to take over from uh, the job from Dennis Kelly eventually. Um, I think they got a good pick in Christian Fulton in the second round. Oh, I'm surprised Christian Fulton fell fell that far to begin with. But um, with Christian Fulton, you pair now you have a good tandem at cornerback with Adoree Jackson and Christian Fulton. So you got two young guys you can go forward with. Um, the pick I'm really intrigued by is Darrington Evans. Uh, I wonder how many carries is he going to get. But he's going to offer a different dynamic than what they've had um, with Derrick Henry because you know they're going to you know they're going to hand Derrick Henry the ball and they're going to use him like a sledgehammer and then it's just going to keep pounding away. 
and wearing the defense down. Then you put a guy like Darian Evans in. Um, he's got a four-four speed, so he can he's going to be able to run away from some guys. Uh, he can take advantage of some tired defenses, and hopefully they can get him out in the uh, passing game, and he could get some uh, make get some yardage there. Uh, they got depth on the defensive line with Laryl Murchison, a solid run stuffer. Um, they got a, I don't know what they're going to do with this quarterback in the seventh round, Cole McDonald, but he, he just likes to throw the ball all over the place. Um, but he's probably, you know, probably a preseason guy. Hopefully they could groom him to be a good backup, but they, I mean, it's not a, not a lot of flash to this, to this draft. I mean, cause you know, offensive line is not really the sexiest pick in the first round, but, um, I think they got a solid pick in Christian Fulton. They got a backup in uh, Darrington Evans. Really, it's a, it's, to me, this looks like a depth draft. It wasn't a whole lot of picks to begin with, but it looks like a lot of a lot of depth. And um, mainly the best pick is probably uh, came in the second round. Hmm. And what did you think about the Titans draft, Damian? Um, you know, they had a solid draft. Uh, I, like I said, I talked about Isaiah uh, Wilson, you know, Good pro, solid prospect. I just don't. I just wouldn't have taken him in the first. But Christian Fulton, Christian to me, I, if they flip pick one and two, I'm fine with it. Christian Fulton in the first, Isaiah Wilson in the second. Uh, Darrington Evans is going to be that that lightning to the thunder of Derrick Henry. Um, like I said, uh, Laurel Merchinson, you know, a run stuffer. They continue to add bodies and depth on the defensive front. Uh, Cole McDonald, I, I actually like Cole McDonald coming out. Uh, as a developmental prospect at, Q- at QB, you know, nice arm. He's mobile. Uh, he can make a lot of throws. It's all about just kind of working on the footwork and accuracy and decision making and things that that that's where coaches step. That's where coaching you know plays a big part. But um, I would say like they did a solid job and uh, for Tannehill, um, I think Tannehill could help you know dev- help them develop Cole McDonald. Um, if they so cho- chose to do, I don't see uh, Tannehill as their future anyway. But still, um, they did a solid job. I, you know, not a great draft, not a really good draft. They did okay. Yeah, very eh draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And next we have the AFC South champions, the Texans. Damian, what did you think, think about the Texans and their draft? I'm assuming that first-round pick that they don't have was from uh, Laramie Tunsil. Uh, so, but then they got Ross Blacklock in the second round, twitchy defensive tackle. Um, yeah. They they usually play a they put they run more of a three four for a long time in Houston. Mm-hmm. So I'm tr- curious how they're going to use him. Um, I think he's better as a penetrating three technique in the four uh, yeah. three. Just you know, getting getting him matched up one on one with guards, lined up on the you know on the outside on the shoulder of the guard, and just let him just spring off the ball and push the pocket. Jonathan Greenard, uh, I like him off the edge. You know, got some bend to him, got a good quick first step. Uh, I want to see him use his hands better and everything. Charlie Heck, solid uh, tackle prospect. And see, you know, they could, like, again, they, just like the Titans keep adding uh, bodies to their defensive line, the Texans keep adding bodies to their offensive line. Um, John Reed, I really like John Reed, man. John Reed in the, in the fourth round, a solid, um, you know, I think he'd be more of a nickel. Uh, you kind of can, you know, he, to me, he's a, uh, you know, primarily a nickel. He's a smaller guy. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not the, I don't think he's, a, if I remember correct, he's not the best athlete, but he has great, he has good technique, good feet. 
um, instinctive. I like what he brings to the table. And I talked about Isaiah Coulter on Twitter after looking at his film um, at the when he was at the combine. He's a four four guy. You know, he he can run, he can jump, uh, catch. The, he has he has all of the tools and the physical uh, attributes you want in a in a potential number one. And I think that they truly can uh, if they if they work on trying to develop him. With him, because uh, at the end of the day, look at what they have now. They have Will Fuller. Um, they have Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's QT. no, uh, yeah, QT. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have, they, they, at the receiver position, they don't have anybody with length. They don't have mm-hmm. anybody with the frame. And Isaiah Coulter can bring that. So I would love to see Deshaun Watson uh, and, and company uh, work with him, because I think he could be a potential steal down the line. So they did a solid job as well. And what do you think, Eugene, about the Texans and their draft? Um, I like the talent that they brought in in the in the second and third round, but my question is uh what's the plan? Cuz I don't yeah. see I don't see either one of them fitting uh fitting very well in a 3-4 defense cuz Russ Black like is not a nose tackle and you don't want him being a a five technique in a 3-4 cuz you don't want him holding blocks and 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 reading and reacting. You don't want him doing that. You want him to attack upfield because that's what he is. He's a, he's first of all he's undersized for a, a, a nose tackle at two ninety, um, but and he's a twitchy, explosive athlete. So you want him penetrating upfield and making tech making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. So I don't know what they're gonna do with him to utilize him to the best of his abilities. Same with Jonathan Grenard. I thought he was just a, a simple four three defensive end. Um, I don't know if they're gonna stand him up. And have him rushing the passer uh, as a rushing linebacker, or if they are they going to actually put him on the line as a five technique? Which again, I think he's probably too small to be a five technique. But um, but I like the talent of both of them. They both, I believe, they both are going to be very good players. I just need to know how the Texans are going to use him. Uh, Charlie Heck is, you know, um, his daddy played. I forget who his dad played for. Um, but he's got NFL bloodlines. He's a huge kid, six eight, three eleven. Um, he's, he got he gives you some swing tackle ability, so he's going to be a good uh, good uh, backup at the tackle position. Uh, John Reed quicker than fast, but he's feisty. He, he can play in the nickel, and um, and he's going to give them depth right there in, in the depth chart. And Isaiah Coulter, um, yeah, he like Damian said, he's a uh, he's a project. That that you're gonna want to work with because he's got all the physical ability to be a good player in the uh, NFL. You just want to teach him the nuances of the game. You want to teach him how to run routes, and you want to get him into your strength and conditioning program to make sure he's up to speed there. But uh, I think he's gonna have an impact down the line. I think he's gonna he's gonna I mean he's gonna win a job on the final 53 right off the bat. But going down the line, he probably could be one of those uh, weapons for Deshaun going forward. So I mean the first two drafts. First two picks, I like the talent that they brought in. I don't know how it fits uh, yet. Was that's remained to be seen? But uh, I mean, overall, it was it was a pretty solid draft. You just got to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. So you guys have made this one pretty tough because you don't sound overly excited about anybody, any team in this division. Like it's just, it was like, just everything, of my everything, draft was, this everything was like everything was like solid. That was solid. Yeah, it was very ho hum. Right. Yeah. So this is so this is how I'm doing it for them. Um, I'll put Jacksonville first. The reason is because um, of their first three picks. You guys, you know, pretty much made it known that they hit on those first three, mm-hmm. and they'll probably come in right away and, and make an impact with that team. And 
and they're yeah. they're those are players that they're going to need anyway based on who they lost um before. and based on how much they suck yeah <laughs> yeah um next now usually i i, I kind of have been penalizing teams that didn't have a first round pick um but when you trade your first round pick for a guy like um deforest buckner like i really can't be mad at that and sure. then when you look at their first two picks in the second round, I mean, you can't be mad at that even with Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. So I put um, the Colts yeah. second. Um, then I have the Titans. The reason why the Titans are third is because, like Eugene said, it was pretty much the same old thing with the Titans. Um, nothing overly exciting. Um, it's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Houston, because it just seems like, first of all, I'm mad at them for not having no one picks, okay? They, I, don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what Bill O'Brien was doing. That's just ridiculous. Oh, God. But, Nothing but at all. The fact like, that, who else can I get rid of? <laughs> right. right. But, but the fact that you, you're still wondering like how they're going to fit, that's a problem for me. So that means that, like we said this about, I believe it was the Redskins, like when you have a little bit of picks, you got to hit on you know what you have. And the fact that you guys have questions about who they picked and how they're going to fit, that's concerning to me. So they're fourth. So again, I have the, um, I have the Jaguars first, the Colts second, Titans third, and Houston fourth. That makes sense. I mean, I forgot. I totally forgot about the DeForest Buckner thing. I might even put the Colts one because that's. Yeah, I mean, I they were already a solid it. team, and they yeah. added they added DeForest Buckner to it. Mm, that's right. That's they, true. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, we gave the Steelers their credit for their uh, mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick first round draft pick. Yeah, that's so we true. Yeah. I give them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Man. We sure did. Give it to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I put I could put the Colts at number one. Uh, you know, at, when you add in. The forest bugging. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So we can do that. We can flip them. Um, but that's the episode for this week. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to say? Uh nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh yeah, just you know, same old, same old peace and love, everybody. Don't hate each other. Um uh yeah, stay safe. Um we trying to get the world back run up and running again. So Everybody stay safe and stay healthy. I'm not going to tell y'all to wash y'all damn hands because y'all already know. Yeah. So. I think in recent weeks we'll have a lot to talk about because it's a lot coming up with football. And um, mm-hmm. I think we saw that Roger Free made a tweet saying it's, no, it's not going to be any preseason. Yeah. I, um, I watched CNN yesterday and Malcolm Jenkins was saying that. Like, they basically the players don't want to play preseason. So I yeah, think in the shouldn't. coming weeks... I think in the coming weeks as things continue to play out, we'll have a lot of different things to discuss. Yeah, yeah, coming I mean, yeah, because here in Philly, I think uh, coaches have to report to the complex like next week. Yeah, and then uh, players uh, come in in the twenty eighth. So, so we're gonna have some. coming. Something's yeah. coming. Oh yeah, it's, it's 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 on the way. It's on the way. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye bye. Later. <laughs>